Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. I am joined today by Kasia Borowska, Managing Director at Brainful AI. Welcome, Kasia. Hi, Jake. Nice to meet you. So, you know, as we don't have a lot of female founders and visionaries like you on the show, I would love for you to give us a little bit of background about yourself, as well as give us an update on Brainful and this new project that you've been developing? Sure. So firstly, my background is in mathematics and cognitive science. And so cognitive science is building mathematical models that predict human behavior. This really is the beginnings of what we know as artificial intelligence. And so about five years ago, me and my co-founder, Dr. Peter Babington, developed an idea to set up a infrastructure that enables corporations access to top-level artificial intelligence researchers. So we call it brain pool, so a pool of brains. We started off with 30 friends from UCL, which is where we both studied. So we had 30 PhD-level artificial intelligence experts, and we've now grown to almost 600, and this includes some of the top-level AI experts from Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, MIT, Stanford. So we really now have a collection of some of the best of the best in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Such a brilliant idea, you know, bringing together the smartest minds in the industry, collecting new models, new workflows, working for large corporations. Talk a little bit about why that's so important for AI project success. So really what we see a lot is AI became this huge buzzword. So everyone talks about AI. Um, it appears in almost every meeting where data is involved. When you have a big Excel spreadsheet, most likely AI is going to be thrown in, in some shape or form. Whereas the reality is that 85% of AI projects fail to reach production. So it's a very common thing to see on a theoretical level, but not many businesses actually made it to productization of AI solutions for their own business benefit. And this is really the core of what we provide at BrainPool. We guide corporations from day one, from AI strategy development, giving them that knowledge and understanding that they need in order to successfully develop AI machine learning solutions for their business operations. And can you give our listeners an example of how you have really driven that success in projects? And also talk a little bit about, if you would, the work that you've done working with Intel OpenVINO and our libraries and the other work that you've done working with Intel. Yes, so we actually realized that Intel and other companies, but Intel specifically, developed a great library of pre-trained AI machine learning models. So most of our PhD researchers, if you speak to any of them, you'll find that they hate reinventing the wheel. They love doing new things, new research in AI and ML. But when it comes to something that was already done, everyone always prefers to reuse the work that was developed by other scientists in the past. So what we are currently doing for most of our projects, whenever we have a client that comes to us with a new specific requirement, we look at what's out there as the first step. So we look 
at what kind of pre-trained models could potentially be leveraged for the benefit of that client. Some of the businesses prefer to maintain the full IP to the work that we do, in which case we obviously do have to develop the whole model, everything from scratch. But most of the businesses we work with prefer to do it in the most cost and time efficient way, in which case we simply go through the library, look at what models could be leveraged for a potential projects. For example, when developing a sentiment analysis tool for Fujitsu in the past six months, we found an open source library that we could leverage for the purpose of that project rather than having to retrain everything from scratch. In essence, that shortens the development time from, say, eight to ten months, bring it down to about one to two months. Uh, So it's a great way to actually get started if you want to get quick and easy access and quickly see the benefits of what AI can bring to your business. And I highly recommend things like the InterOpen library. You know, it's amazing that your team has been able to really use libraries to solve problems. You're taking a half a year out of the model development for your customers. Can you talk a little bit about the services that you offer, as well as the Fujitsu sentiment analysis tool? I think our listeners would love to hear more. Sure. So most clients, most businesses ask us, you know, what are the latest advances of artificial intelligence and machine learning? What does it even mean? You know, what can be leveraged for their benefit? And really the simplest way to think about it is most AI solutions we're currently developing have to do with automation. So whenever you see a business process, which is manual, repetitive, time-consuming. If you see your team, say, doing the same thing every single day, day by day, teams of people doing these repetitive tasks, most of these tasks are most likely going to be automated with AI at some point in the next five years. It's just a matter of time. So AI-powered automation really is what's going to change our business efficiency. We hope that it will also then have a positive impact on the environment At the moment, we know that industries such as construction, for example, have a huge impact in terms of the CO2 emissions it produces. About 38% of all CO2 emissions come from the construction sector. And partly this is due to the fact of how inefficient a lot of those processes are, whether it comes to supply chain or design inefficiencies. All of these processes can be solved with AI machine learning. So we hope that we can actually contribute to that shift. When it comes to Fujitsu sentiment analysis, this was a project that we started in February this year. Fujitsu really wants to show their customers that they do in fact have a great level of understanding and capability when it comes to providing artificial intelligence and machine learning services. This is partly thanks to the in-house teams and partly thanks to their network of partners such as BrainPool. And so we have built what we call an AI as a service platform where we showcase different capabilities where it's from OpenVINO or other open source models. And the first capability that we agreed to build in is sentiment analysis. So this is where customers can analyze sentiment towards their brand or towards their specific products over time. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, and it really shows how quickly your team can adapt to user requirements and build models that deliver results very quickly. Can we get in and talk about the democratization of AI? That's an initiative that you're passionate about, and I'd love our listeners to hear more about. Yes, so this is a very big topic, which you know, we could talk for hours about, and I think everyone is 
aware of that problem on some level because we saw all see the huge tech giants taking over the world one by one and monopolizing the market. You know, there's not a single company that can now compete with Google or Facebook. Or they all have developed their own marketplaces. And the risk of them having monopoly and not really giving access to the latest AI developments to other companies is that obviously we will be fully dependent on the decisions that those companies make. And when it comes to companies like Facebook, for example, we know for a fact that we are not a customer of Facebook. We are the product of Facebook that they sell to the advertisers. It's very obvious with the business model that they developed. So as much as Facebook is great in a way that they do make a lot of their research available to engineers and AI experts, we think that democratization of these production-ready AI solutions really is what needs to happen. So what we are currently building is a suite of ready-made models. Some of them will be leveraging OpenVINO or other open-source model suites that will enable smaller businesses with lower budgets to use the benefits of some of those AI machine learning solutions very quickly and cost-efficiently. So even if a business doesn't necessarily have a whole AI team or budgets allocated to AI, they will still be able to benefit from that AI-powered automation. Kasha, can you give our listeners direction on where can they find out more information? So more information about BrainPool can be found on our website, brainpool.ai. This is where we present all of the services that we offer when it comes to AI strategy development, automation with AI, ML ops, data engineering. Uh, so all of that information about the brain pool and our experts can be found on the website as well as our social media channels, so brain pool AI on LinkedIn. That's where we post a lot of thought leadership articles about AI ethics and the latest developments of AI within the brain pool researchers. Okay, so now we're getting into my favorite part of the podcast, and you've been an amazing guest, but I think you're going to blow people's mind, and I know you're very passionate about the following two questions. What is the future for BrainPool, and what is the future of AI from your perspective? I think I'll tackle the first one first because it's easier. (laughs) So the future for BrainPool really is we want to develop more AI solutions that will help companies run in a more efficient way and reduce their negative environmental impact. We already have some of uh, projects like that that we're very proud of, like Daisy AI, which automates the processes of designing of timber and carbon fixers, which helps construction architects and engineers evaluate CO2 emissions at the design stages. We hope to have more of these kind of projects over time, but also to democratize access to the latest AI research and give smaller and medium businesses access to those latest AI technologies. Your second question, what's the future of AI? I know every single researcher you ask this question is going to have a different opinion. Obviously, what everyone is talking about is AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which doesn't exist yet. What we have now is narrow AI, which is narrow applications of artificial intelligence to solve one particular business challenge. AGI in the future potentially will be able to do more or less what our brains are doing, so apply knowledge in one area to solve a problem in another area. And if we combine this with the speed of processing, then the difference between a human 
capability of brain power and AGI may become huge very quickly. So a lot of researchers are very concerned by this fact. I personally hope that we will at some point develop a way of aligning our values with artificial intelligence and really having a world where we can outsource most of those manual, repetitive and time-consuming tasks to AI and for humans to be able to focus on the more creative tasks and the other things that matter to us the most, such as saving our planet, for example. So that's my hope for the future of AI. Outstanding. On behalf of Kasia Borowska, co-founder and managing director at Brainpool AI, this is Jake Smith, and this has been another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Yeah.